Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The person who doesn't really engage with the people of God on any kind of a consistent basis, but yet is saying, well, you know, I really want to know God's plan, purpose, will for my life. You're going to have a hard time finding that out on your own. You need to come together with the people of God, because as we see here, that is the context for God speaking. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, in the message titled, Sent Out by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's Pastor Brian. As we come to the passage, especially the first few verses, maybe verses uh, 1 through 4, this is actually one of my favorite passages in the book of Acts. And it's a favorite of mine for a couple of reasons. Number one, because this is the text that, that tells us about the great missionary thrust that is now going to begin, and, and this is what we're going to be looking at throughout the remainder of the book. So, so this is the beginning of what is commonly called Paul's first missionary journey. This is where they go out and they begin to preach the gospel and establish churches all throughout the, the Roman world. So as many of you know, I have a great, a great passion for the mission enterprise. So for that reason, I, I really like this text. But secondly, I really like this text because in it we see the Holy Spirit being very specific and direct in his instruction to those men as to what they are to do in regard to getting the gospel out. So it's one of those, it's one of those places where we're reminded that God's in charge of the church, that God has a plan for the church. You know, a lot of times there's a big emphasis on, you know, coming up with a strategy, coming up with a plan. Hey, what are we going to do about this or that? And obviously it's fine to strategize to a certain degree, but what we really have to always keep in mind is that God has a plan himself and God knows what he's going to do. He knows who he's going to do it with. He knows how he's going to get it done. And so this passage just reminds me that that is the case. So I, I love the passage for that reason as well. But it's in this particular text right here that our theme for our whole study of the book of Acts, it kind of comes through. Because remember, our theme is the spirit, the church, and the world. And so that's what we have here in the, in the text. We have the spirit in speaking in the context of the church about the mission of the gospel into the world. So it's all kind of wrapped up in these few verses here. So I want to do a couple of different things. First of all, I want to just touch on, on three things somewhat lightly, a couple of things here uh, right in front of us. And, and then I want to spend the majority of our time looking more specifically just at the whole thing of the ministry of the Spirit in relation to the story before us here. So first thing I want us to notice is that we are told in the church 
that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Notice that. There were certain prophets and teachers. There was a plurality in this, this leadership of the church. Now, these uh, ancient churches, many times they were house churches, so the church at Antioch would not have necessarily been like us. Like, you know, we have a building and we meet in the same place congregationally each week. They might have had something like that that they used, but more than likely, and, and maybe even both things, the situation was they, they met in house type of groups. But, it, but it's one church. It's the, it's the church in the city of Antioch, and we see that there are these different leaders. There are prophets and teachers. And so we kind of have a tradition and a model of having, you know, it's like a senior pastor model where you have one, consistently you have, have sort of one voice speaking. And I mean, that's good, since, especially since I am the senior pastor and I get to do this. I'm very appreciative of that. But also, I think it's very valuable, and it's important for us to recognize, it's good to have some diversity. It's good to have some other voices. I really appreciate the men that serve alongside of me here and are able to teach God's word and able to bring clarity and just able to get up and really do a good, effective job. And I think we should be careful not to get in the mindset that we, we kind of only listen to one voice. I think that can become unhealthy. If there's just, you know, just one preacher, I only listen to this preacher, you're, you're going to limit your growth and development, really, because one, one person can only give so much. So, so it's, a, it's a good thing. And it's a bit of a side note here, but that, that's what this picture here reminds me of that, that there were prophets and teachers, and then uh, they are named for us. Now, we've looked at this passage a couple of times already, looking at the church at Antioch, uh, kind of seeing some of the different uh, aspects of the ministry there. And, and what we see when we have these different men that are named Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As I pointed out before, and I'll just mention it again, what we see here is, is diversity in the leadership. There's racial diversity. There's cultural diversity. There is social diversity. And that's a good thing as well. A church should reflect, congregationally, a church should reflect its community, and leadership-wise as well, the church should reflect the community that, it, that it's in. So I, I really like the, the diversity that we see in the leadership here in, in all of those areas, whether it be racially, cult, culturally, or socially. And then the third thing is, as we look at the story here, we find them ministering to the Lord together. So they're ministering to the Lord. What does that mean? Well, uh, another way to translate the word here could be worship. So they were worshiping the Lord. They were together as God's servants, waiting upon the Lord, worshiping him, giving time to just expressing their love and thanks and praise to the Lord. 
And it was in that environment that all of the rest of this stuff happened. So it was in that environment that God spoke. And we're going to see that if we want God to speak to us, which hopefully we do, we have to recognize that that's going to happen more probably if we're in a mindset and a place where we are seeking and worshiping the Lord with God's people. So the person who doesn't really engage with the people of God on any kind of a consistent basis and, and it sort of isolated themselves, but yet is saying, well, you know, I really want to know God's plan, purpose, will for my life. Uh, you're going to have a hard time finding that out on your own. You need to come together with the people of God, worship the Lord together, because as we see here, that is the context for God speaking. So the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit Let's just refresh ourselves for a moment on the person of the Holy Spirit. Then we want to look at the Holy Spirit said, and then finally the, the Holy Spirit sent them. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the third person who is God. So there are three persons or centers of consciousness. It's, it's a little bit difficult to even explain because when we say person, we automatically think of you know people who are individual persons. They're, they're totally distinct and separate from one another. But with God, you have a different situation. You have three persons that are distinct, but they are simultaneously one God. So it, it's a little bit hard for us to get our heads around. But the reason I'm, I'm emphasizing this here on uh, the Holy Spirit being the third person of the triune God is because sometimes we, we forget that. We forget that just as there's God the Father and God the Son, we forget that there's God the Spirit as well. And God the Father is the architect of our salvation. God the, the Son is the one who procured our salvation or who you know, carried out the, the work to, to make it a reality. And the Holy Spirit is the one who applies it to us. Now, the Holy Spirit is, in, in one sense, the Holy Spirit, he's replaced Jesus in a sense. I mean, you know, he's the Spirit of Christ, so it's not like it's a different person. I mean, it is a different person, but it's not a different person. So that's where it gets a little bit complicated. But, but, but what I mean by replace Christ is this. So when Jesus was here on earth, Jesus even said to his disciples, he said, look, I'm going away. I'm going to the Father. They're depressed about that. He said, no. Uh, it's better for you that I go away because if I go away, the spirit will come. And he says, don't be grieved. He said, because I'm going to send you another helper. The other helper who is like me. So when I say the Holy Spirit is kind of, uh, in a sense, replaced Jesus, what I mean by that is that what Jesus was to, to the men there at that time, he's there present with them. He's instructing them. He's leading them and, and all of those kinds of things. The Holy Spirit now has taken up that work now that Jesus has ascended and the Holy Spirit has descended. And the reason, one of the reasons why Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away, because of course, when Jesus was here, he had a limitation. 
he had a limitation that was there because of his body. He's in a body, so he's restricted to being in one location. The Holy Spirit is not restricted. The Holy Spirit can be here with us this moment and equally with somebody on the other side of the world in a completely different time zone in the very same way present there with them, the Spirit of Christ. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, that's who we're talking about. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is directing the church. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Individually, as believers, if anyone is not indwelt by the Spirit, they do not belong to Christ, Paul says in Romans 8. So every true believer is indwelt by the Spirit. And then collectively, we as the church collectively, we are the the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in us. And the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He's Lord over the church. And so we read here, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Now, just again, to emphasize it, we could simply, if we wanted to, we could just say, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, we could say, the Lord said. Or we could say, God said. Because we're talking about the same person Here, we are talking specifically about the third person who is God. So secondly, the Holy Spirit said. So how did the Holy Spirit say, separate to me Barnabas and Saul? Now, remember, we're told that there were prophets and teachers in the church that is in Antioch. So what I want to talk about for a second is how is it that the Holy Spirit speaks to us? And... There's a number of different ways, and let me just look at three of them. First of all, the Holy Spirit will speak to us through the prophets and teachers or through preaching and teaching. So when somebody is preaching or somebody is teaching God's word, We are of the conviction and the expectation that the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking through us. And so the things that we're going to be saying are not simply our thoughts or our words, but they are words that are coming to a person from the Lord. And so this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. So they're worshiping the Lord. They're waiting upon the Lord. And undoubtedly through the the prophets that are there, through the teachers that are there, undoubtedly that word came through one of them. Separate to me, Barnabas and Saul. And so it is through preaching and teaching. Let me give you an example of what this would look like. And maybe, maybe you haven't even realized that you have been the recipient of a prophetic word. Um, But when I describe this, you'll realize, oh, yes, I've had that before. Um, Maybe you've had the experience where you've come in to maybe the church service, maybe here or in another place. Somebody's preaching, somebody's teaching. And as, 
as this preaching, teaching thing is happening, you are feeling like things that, that only you know that you're concerned about or issues or, or questions that, that only you know reside there in your heart, those things are all being addressed. So in other words, you feel like you're just being singled out and spoken to. This is so real and happens so often that I have had many times this experience, and not just me, but other, other preachers. People will come to me and say something like this. Maybe a man comes and says, so, uh, yeah, I guess my wife told you I was coming this morning, huh? Uh, excuse me, sir? Yeah, well, you know, you, you were obviously talked to my wife because, you, you know, you're telling my life story up there. Well, actually, I don't even know who your wife is. No, I have had no conversation with your wife. But guess what? God knew you were coming. And God knows what's going on in your life. And it's God who's speaking to you. And, I mean, that's, you know, kind of a... a a scenario where maybe you know somebody's convicted or something and and I've seen that plenty of times but I've also seen plenty of times where a person might come and say a similar kind of a thing but w- with a different context or, or emphasis to say you know I came in today with a list of like 10 questions and you answered every single question how did you know that those were the things that were on my mind well uh, I I didn't know that but the spirit knows that and so the Spirit of God speaks into people's lives and, again, answers sometimes the, deep, the deepest questions of their heart or just concerns that they're dealing with or fears that they might have. Or in some cases, like here, uh, a person is maybe seeking direction and it's through the, the preaching that that direction comes. So that's, that's one way. There's also what I would call, and I'm just kind of making up these definitions myself, but I'm trying to define what I'm talking about, what I would call a prophetic utterance. So the difference is that we're not talking about a preacher here, but we're talking more about a person, another believer in the the body of Christ who has an impression on their heart from the Lord and then goes to a person and says, you know, I, I feel like God wants me to share this with you. And they do, and you respond by saying, wow, that's amazing. That's exactly what I was concerned about. And how did you know? And well, of course, they knew because God gave them a, a prophetic word. So it's a, it's a prophetic utterance in that sense. God speaks through one believer to another believer. And it gives them personal, encouraging, directive, whatever the case might be, but it gives them a word. But then there's also what I would call prophetic conversations. And a prophetic conversation, now, in both of the previous examples, when someone is preaching, like I myself, Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, I can even sense myself when there's a prophetic thing happening. I can, I can feel it because I'm going in a direction that I, I'm even asking myself, why am I going in this direction? But I get enough of a sense that God is leading me in this direction. And sure enough, that oftentimes is the very thing that really you know, spoke to a person. So you've got that. 
then with the, the prophetic utterance, you also, you as the, as the bringer of the prophetic word, so you have a sense. God's just putting this on your heart. So you have a sense that God is speaking through you to somebody else. Now, when it comes to this next thing, the prophetic conversation, this is one that's interesting because I've seen this many times over and the person who's delivering the prophetic word in this case doesn't even realize that that's what's happening. They don't know it. They're just talking. They're having a conversation. But the listener suddenly realizes, wow, in this conversation, things that they're saying are speaking directly to issues that are there in that person's life. Now, I, I have had this experience a number of times where I'm in conversation with somebody and they don't have the slightest idea that what they're saying in the conversation is God speaking right to me. And, and I'm marveling. I'm, I'm listening going, wow, this is amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I needed you to speak to me. And here this, this unsuspecting uh, person is just talking about you know something rather random it might seem. But nevertheless, it, it comes through prophetically. So this is what we're talking about. The, the Holy Spirit said, the Spirit speaks to us. Um, I have a vivid memory from many, many years ago. Some of you have heard me mention about a season, a long season of illness that I went through. And along with that illness, there was a ton of confusion about life and ministry and everything else. And, and I remember there was a season there uh, in the midst of that long illness where I just was desperate to hear a word from the Lord. I, I, I just got to a place where I, I felt like I can't even go on unless God speaks to me. So I, I was really in my spirit and, and even in my prayers, I was crying out, you know, Lord, speak to me. And uh, it was during this time that we we were traveling a little bit with uh, Pastor Chuck and with Kay. And, and I remember we went on a trip together with them and Pastor Chuck was speaking at a church on that morning. And of course, you know, we went along and nobody knew this except me. I was, I was just so desperate. So I was hoping that this would be the moment when God would speak to me because I just, I needed the word and I needed it yesterday. And so we go and, you know, we go to the church and I'll never forget, you know, Pastor Chuck gets up and he says, uh, he, he tells everybody to open their Bibles to Habakkuk and he's going to give a message that I had heard him give, I don't know, three or four times prior to this moment. And because I had heard him give the message before, the minute he said open to this particular text, I thought, oh, darn, you know, God's not going to speak to me today because... I know this message. I know what Chuck's going to say. I know all the points. This is not... Uh, seriously, in my mind, I was just like, oh, Lord, I need you to speak to me yesterday, and you're not even going to speak to me today, because I know what Chuck's going to say about this. And so I sat there, and Pastor Chuck began to teach on Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. And by the time that message is over, this is what it felt like. It felt like there wasn't a single other person in that building except me. And the person speaking was not Pastor Chuck Smith. It was the Lord himself. That's how incredibly prophetic and, and intimate that message became. 
For the month of April, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. Teens today are faced with challenging questions about the Christian faith. How can they believe that the Bible is true? Who cares if you're a boy or a girl? Isn't love just love no matter what? In her book, 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity, Rebecca McLaughlin addresses these and other questions that teens ask themselves or are confronted with. If you're a parent, grandparent, guardian, or friend, this book will make an excellent gift for a tween or teen to help them tackle the challenging questions of this generation. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.